Welcome to the Millennial Soul Food Podcast, episode 39 with James Stewart IV, aka The Conjure Cleaner, on his new book, The Hoodoo Handbook. We about to get into some things. Enjoy. What's up, what's up, y'all? Oh my god. This interview, I'm just so proud of my girl. So proud of James. We've been we've been through some things together. I've always admired his knowledge and his words, and I'm just honored to share space with him as a practitioner. Um I've always admired his just intuitive relationship with his spirits, his just willingness to just explore and also just to share knowledge and um, his experiences. So we really we really got into some deep things because y'all know I'm the Oprah of spirituality. <laughs> Almost said Wendy Williams, but I ain't like uh, I ain't trying to turn up with that karma now. But um Yes, y'all know James is a regular on the show, kinda. So whenever he came out with the book, we had to tell him to come through. Tell him to come through. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I am, I'm just honored that he was on here. Um, as far as church announcements, um, check out my services in the bio. But we're giving all the shine to the Who Do Handbook today. So get into this interview. <clears throat> This is an amazing work by James, 33 chapters. We talk about the significance of the number 33 and um, why he has 33 chapters in here. Um, This isn't really a regular hoodoo book that just gives you recipes. This is a book that is really for helping you develop your own kind of like your own kind of hoodoo practice, but like ancestrally and also intergenerationally, because this is a book you can give to somebody. It's beautiful. You can give it to a family member. Um, There are a lot, there's a lot of really great information in here also. So you could just get the book and not even really use it as a workbook for some time. Um, But I think this is something that every modern hoodoo needs to have in their collection the chapters just are full of information about um, familial familial curses and doing your own initiation and rite of passage, which we talk about. Um, the differences in terms of you know doing your own initiation versus one that is you know ifa or vodou or something like that. All of them matter. Um, ancestral gift symbolism, dreams, how to set up an ancestor altar, of course, cleansing yourself, protection, prosperity hexes dirt but this is more like i said than just a spell book this is really giving you the groundwork to intuitively um understand who to and customize it to your life experience and your ancestral um your ancestral spirit your ancestral experience and i know a lot of people um do ask questions about like you know what if i don't have roots and hoodoo and all this kind of stuff but i have seen and we talk about it but if you if you're if you have black people in your lineage, you 
were birthed into like a spiritual system that uh, was used, you know, as a form of resistance, no matter no matter whether you feel like you have roots in it or not, if you if you black, <laughs> chances are you got hoodoo in your roots. You got some kind of some kind of African diasporic tradition in your blood. So uh, we just dove into a lot of great questions. I'm honored. Um, just enjoy the interview. All right. Peace. All right, so we're welcoming James Stewart the Fourth to the show today. Um, he just had a book come out. It's called the Hoodoo Handbook. Welcome to the show, James. Thank you for having me, Keon. Period. This is your, I think this is your third time on the show. I believe so. I think you're, you've been on the most. So, um, oh shit. The period. <laughs> <laughs> I am so happy for you. Your book came out. Oh my god! Can you? Can you? We're gonna get into a lot of questions, but um, how are you feeling post book release? So good, so good, so good. No. Let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> like, so um, I was talking on Instagram about like. Uh, how if there's something that your ancestors or spirit guides or God tells you to do and you're like, I'm going to put it off, I'm going to put it off. Over time, like certain roads will close until you do that thing that needs to be done. And that's what was happening with my book. Like, long story short, last year, I went and got two different jobs. I was working at a, uh, a food pantry at one point. I was like, oh, let me let me open a new road and try to get another job. Um, I was working at a, I was running a homeless shelter. And like, while these things were great, I had great experiences, but like the roads would always close in the same ways. And what? at one point I was just like, oh, it's because I've not finished the book. And I started this book three years ago. I just thought, oh, what if, there was a way to teach people uh, how to grow their hoodoo practice without without hand delivering and spoon feeding people spells. Like what if there was a way to teach black folk to work what's already within us versus here, uh, add this plus this plus this and equals this so that they're not A, super dependent on spells and B, that we're not running into questions or conversations about like um, that needs to be gatekept. You're not supposed to talk about that. That's not supposed to be, you know, put in a book or talked about in public, you know, and quote unquote mixed company. Like I wanted to find a way to help people grow their practice without um, by changing the way they see what is around them and, and turning what we already have into more ritualistic things um because that's that's what our ancestors had to do like when they got here a lot of times they did not have access to the same plants the same things i mean some things were brought over and snuck over but like it was not the same so i don't know that, that long story short that's been the road of um conception to to now i really like that um and i like the way that you have the book broken up 
Um, I feel like it really helps people kind of connect intimately with hoodoo because um, you have you have like a pretty big section about like family um, stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. And I do think, yeah, I think the way that you have it organized, it can help people kind of figure out what their mission is with hoodoo. Um, I think it can really help people create a foundation where they can just intuitively do their own spell work and stuff like that if they have the basics, you know? Right. And I, we were talking a minute ago about like teachers and how like that formed our practices. And like, for me, my teachers, a lot of times they, like, I don't think any of my teachers stressed, um, ancestry as a base level they kind of just jumped in and were like do this spell do this working and while that's fun that's cool but like a lot of times if that's all you focus on and you have your ancestral practice as an afterthought like you are going to find stagnancy you're going to find you know blockages you're going to hit those roads where it's like oh let me go back and work with my like if you start and build that foundation out and have a strong foundation of like oh i've done my research of who my people are i know who i come from where i come from at least from a general standpoint maybe not the entire specifics of it but i know something that helps dictate how you can move and also knowing who you are can mitigate um some shiesty teachers who will be like you know trying to steer you the wrong ways. Mm -hmm. So then um, what what's your spiritual history like? Um, it sounds like this book is really for the like solitary practitioner. Um, but yeah, what is your like spiritual history? What's been your spiritual practices? Yeah, so, okay. I'm not going to be like, I'm going to try not to be long-winded no you can be but, as long-winded as you want oh <laughs> thank you for that permission but i'll still try to shorthand it um so i grew up in a church that was later classified as a cult um worldwide church of god and it was more so old testimony like we grew up um going to school excuse me going to church on saturdays having the sabbath on saturdays observing the holy days like the feast of tabernacles days of unleavened bread all that stuff right um, and as we got older, we didn't like the church split and we didn't do it as much, but we had that very like hard grain, um, type of Christianity, I guess. So when I was in about middle school, I remember I found a book in my sister's dresser drawer about witchcraft. And I was like, oh shit, this is real. Like I thought it was just, you know, TV stuff. And I read every, I read that book front to back and, you know, was working all sorts of spells out of it. And it wasn't until I got to high school that I found out what hoodoo was like. And I remember the book was Root Work by Tiana McWiller. And I was like, oh my God, wait, there's like an African-American, like there's an us version of magic. Like I didn't know that we had our own magic and practice of it. So I read more books, did more research. Um, and you know, like at that time I was really treating it as just like, just bells, just things to do to like, you know, try to make your life move in certain directions. And I thought it was really cool. And like, wow, look at what I'm able to do. Um, 
but I'd always burn out. I could always have something happen and I'd run back to the church and throw everything away. And, you know, I'd yo-yo back and forth. And then um, I had a friend in LA who was like, you, cause I was trying to be like, you know, this was one of my times where I was trying to be like a really good churchy, like, you know, wholesome back to um, religion type of vibe. And I had a friend who was like, you need to go, um, to your ancestral practice and actually invest in it and take it seriously this time. I was like, oh, and I knew exactly what he meant. And I don't know if he fully knew the message that he was giving me, but like I needed to set up an ancestral altar and actually work and talk to them and um, begin that practice. So I don't remember the specific year, but it's somewhere in my mid to early twenties where I was just like, taking kudu more seriously and taking my spiritual practice a lot more seriously versus just like quick spells and quick things to do. And um, over time, it just really grew. Wow. I love it. Um, so how long did it take you to write the book? It took me about three years and I definitely took some gaps in between stuff. Um, but the ideas kind of flowed very um, like I didn't have to push or strain for what to say or um, what I needed to say. I'd say the hardest part was formatting. <laughs> like mm -hmm. that was the hardest part, but like the right, like I really enjoyed writing and um, giving more context to different aspects and facets of hoodoo at least in the way that I see it. That was my goal. Like I wanted people to be able to see hoodoo in the way that I see it. And um, just a beautiful practice that I'd say maybe the tip of the iceberg is the magic of hoodoo, but there's so much more underneath. And that really does influence, you know, the magic and how we can commune with our ancestors, spirit guides and God. But like, that's just a small fraction of it. And there's so much more that goes into uh hoodoo i say um so i see that there's a part in here where you're talking about um initiations and you have a section where people can kind of create their own um what would be some advice um that you'd give people because i guess um like you know there's all kinds of initiations it's not just into like vodou or ifa but um mm -hmm. you know covens have initiations um what would be like what was your inspiration for putting that in there and what would be your advice if someone were to be like i want to kind of start my own family hoodoo thing and um also i do think we we need we should definitely have a conversation for the black people who are adopted and stuff like that at some point but you know if someone who wants to kind of start uh, um uh, you know, maybe a 2023 and beyond hoodoo lineage, what would be some advice that you would give them? Yeah. Um, so I tried to make the distinction between initiations and rites of passage. And what I feel like the distinction would be is initiations start out from spirit. So spirit is going to govern what should happen in those movements to move from a this to a this from 
a boy to a man, from a practitioner to a priest, you know, like spirit is going to commune with either a group of people or a person and say, these are the steps you need to take. And some of those steps need to be secretive. Some of them um, are going to be specific to a person, specific to a lineage, specific to, you know, um, just a group of people. But um, rites of passage, I feel like, are things that your family just, I feel like that will come more from human, like, you know, people being like, on Thanksgiving, we decide when you're old enough to, you know, do this thing. Like when you're able to bring your own dish and everybody can set it on the table, that means something. That's a rite of passage. And now you are identified as an adult in the family or you're I, like, we take you more seriously or whatever. There's different responsibilities and ways to it. Um, so I just wanted to like kind of clear up that distinction between the two, like initiation and a rite of passage. But I feel like some families, not all families, right? Not all families have initiations in them, but initiations happen within hoodoo and I wanted to give people the space to be able to recognize them. Like um, some practitioners may have gone through initiations and they didn't realize, oh, that time that um, I was going through hell and I was being tested and I was told to go down to the river and bring these three things, a candle, a this and a that, and walk in waist deep and say this prayer and baptize myself and so on and so on. Like, it could look completely different for every person. But after that, they realize, oh, now I'm able to um, access my gifts a lot clearer and... Uh, handle you know the balance between the living and the dead with more ease whatever the case is um those things happen within hoodoo and i wanted to give space for people to either document that or um yeah just really document that because there's been so many conversations of like that not existing in hoodoo and that not being a thing and that um our practice doesn't have levels or doesn't have um, graduated steps to it. Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. Is there a reason that you made um, 33 chapters? Was that on purpose? That's a holy number. It is. It was both on purpose and on accident because when I was asking my friends for edits, um, one of my friends was like, you needed to include, there's two chapters I think that I included after my friend um, gave me some notes and um, now I can't think of which ones I added in because originally I did not have 33 chapters and after that first round of edits I was like oh shoot we're at 33 that means that this was supposed to be the right number of chapters and um, even the flow of it when I took a step back like the organization of the chapters flows in a way um, that if you want to follow the book linearly, like just from chapter one to chapter 33, it builds a sustainable practice. Mm, yeah, you cover, like, it's pretty holistic. It's in, how many pages? 240, 40 something? 
240, but technically it's 250 because, you know, I was trying to add up the digits and be like, oh, I'm at seven, two plus five. There we go. <laughs> so this yeah. is this book is in this is a holy this is a book of holy divine um, inspiration, a holy, oh, a holy work of a holy composition. Shando, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I love it. Um, so I guess let's get into some kind of deeper questions. Um, I know you mentioned in the preface. Also, by the way, for people like you really don't even have to, you can just get the book and read it and not do the workbook stuff until later. It's so informative, um, especially for people just looking to um, build a foundation. But um, why do you, why do you think it's an important time right now to write a book during this era of uh, hoodoo reclamation. Yeah, so we are seeing this beautiful and sometimes crazy explosion of hoodoo. Um, and it's been happening for the past couple of years, but you know, it's it's really big now. And we see it talked about in different TV shows, like in ways that we have not seen it talked about before, um, which is beautiful. But at the same time, um, we have to we have to be mindful of so many different things that have influenced hoodoo up to today, like um, the era of marketeer hoodoo, where different companies would kind of position themselves as a large voice in hoodoo and sort of dictate, um, well, this was the history of hoodoo and these cultures influence hoodoo and their only reason for saying that is to sell a product and to position themselves in the market. Um, so there's all this sort of like muddled viewpoints and things. And the reason I felt like this book is important because I wanted people to be able to build their practice from within and unlock what is already within each of us as black people, like our ancestors, our culture, the way we, the ways we grew up, the ways we see the world, that is enough to, begin your practice in hoodoo. Obviously you need to be um, cultivated and grown and, and shown certain things. And I wanted these questions to prompt people in a way that, you know, um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take the example of plants and roots. Like if I would have known how to sustainably work with roots from the beginning, I would have drastically approached roots and plants drastically different than how I was taught to just, oh, you you grab some lemongrass and you grab some that and you just throw it in a jar and uh, you pray over it. Uh, Versus actually, what if you had a relationship with the lemongrass before you cut it and dried it and that you knew that it wasn't supposed to be for those types of workings and you should only use it for these types of workings. And what if you had a connection with that pine tree? Like reading books like um, uh, Mojo Working by Katrina Hazard Donald showed me like back in the day, swampers, like the, the hoodoos that would actually go in the woods and forage all their roots themselves. Like that's where the connection began. Like you had to know these plants and you had to be able to like talk to these plants like there was a level of communication happening between practitioner and plant so that you knew specifically okay i should get this in the morning or i should get this at night 
right? Like there are specifics. And if you work from that way out versus, oh, this spell from this book said I should get some rose hips and some this and that and make the thing. Like it's it's two different, it's it's the difference from store-bought mac and cheese and you making it with your grandma's recipe. Ooh, I like that analogy. That's what I wanted to give. It's a lot, but that's yeah. Well, I think that is definitely necessary for a deeper relationship. Um, I mean, I'm trying to grow some rosemary this summer and basil outside my apartment. Right. For um, even for the urban witches, you can, um, you can know you can grow herbs almost mm -hmm. year round, but especially in. these times in the Northern hemisphere um, in like the spring and summer, you know, you can just start with three art plants and kind of build a relationship, learn what they smell like, learn what mm -hmm. they look like when they're growing and, um, you know, really use those, you know, put them in some gin or some Everclear and massage them around, throw them in your bath. Um, right. I mean, I don't know about women like pH, all that, but you know, you know what I'm talking about in a safe yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You, yeah. I'm not trying to tell you, but yeah, I do. I think that's really cool. I think that is kind of um what we need to be moving towards, um, because now definitely hoodoo has become very marketeered, um, but in the sense of it being on the internet, you know, um, and yeah, I I think that's really essential for people to. understand how to cultivate a deeper relationship with these plants and um learn how to use them in new ways in the future right um so your book is self-published huh it is <laughs> what was it your is. decision for doing that um it's kind of funny because i Initially, I wanted to go like find a publisher or find an agent even and like find someone to help with that process. And even those roads were not opening up. And even when publishers would hit me up on Instagram and be like, hey, we would like you to write a book or we would like you, we'd like to make an offer about something we think we you would write. Um, And I counter offer and be like, actually, I'm working on a book and um, this is the book I'm working on. And most of the time they'd say, okay, we'll let you know. And then never call me back. But there was one time this um, publisher reached out to me and we had a whole interview and she was like, honestly, you should self-publish that book and you should do it yourself because that's an amazing idea and a concept. And she was, and she, I can't say her name because she was like, I'm actually going to leave my company soon. So like, oh. even like she, she was like, I, I really like your idea and I feel like you should not um, sell it or go the publishing route. Like you should do it yourself and, you know, um, just push it that way. I was like, oh shit. Like if all the clues hadn't been adding up then that was the loudest, like, self-published bitch like you don't need to go you know the other way wow this look at god 
That is yeah. Yeah. holy shit. Um so then what are some tips that you would give people if they are trying to like self-publish? I would say um stay faithful to the idea and the process, but at the same time have patience to know that it's going to be done when it's going to be done. Um, and at some point it has to be done. Like I remember um, I went to an art school in high school and our art teachers would tell us all the time, like at some point your piece has to be done. So like, let it be done. Don't keep like, Oh, it needs more purple. It needs more this. Yeah. You could keep going until you die. Like at some mm. point, the work is done and you have to trust that. But um, there were some times where I was trying to rush it and that didn't feel good either. And I was just like, I'm just going to enjoy this process and um, give it what it needs. And the discoveries that I had while writing it and while piecing it together, I was like, it, that could be a whole story in and of itself, but like I, I learned a lot about like the way I move and the way I need to move and the way I need to um, nurture ideas and things and projects. Um, like this taught me a lot about all those things, patience, um, faithfulness and control. Three years. Mm -hmm. Ryan, that's amazing so you um are you thinking about doing a little book tour at some point in the future <laughs> i might um actually uh had a friend suggest that i do a couple of things so i'm like all right let me um i'm still etching some moves out but one of the plans that i have is um going through each of the 33 chapters and further explaining them, connecting with different practitioners that I see and know. And uh, like you and like many other practitioners yeah. that like are part of the way that I see hoodoo. And um, I haven't fully finished and and what is today? The 16th. So like today I'm like, you know, um, strategizing a lot of different things, but um I want to connect with different practitioners and sort of flesh out and sharing what I can share, of course, but um, the ways I see hoodoo, like I said, outside of those, you know, one plus two equals three type of spell books. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. I really love it. This is for everybody that needs to know. This is old school hoodoo. And our generation, like tying that to now, like, yeah. I love it. I love the preface. I love everything about it. So what are some things that you want to, well, this is a two-part question. What are, what's one thing that you want to kind of remain the same, like, you know, as far as culturally with hoodoo, and then what is one thing that you hope to change with your book? Hmm. Oh, shit. That's a good question. Um, 
one thing I want to change. Oh, wait, the first thing you said was one thing I want to stay the same. You can answer it in either either okay. um, order that you want to. True, true. You know, um, I'm the Oprah of hoodoo, so you know these questions are coming. Like, they come. <laughs> 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 you stay on they your feet. coming, girl. You know, so <laughs> Oprah of hoodoo. Period. Like one thing I want to stay the same in hoodoo is I want us to keep questioning and keep. Um, keep sort of a defiant attitude towards things that are seeking to oppress us because that's what kept that's how we're here that's how black people are alive today is our ancestors being like nah that's some fuck shit and i'm not gonna go for that um and that heavily influenced our magic like nah that's some fuck shit i'm gonna kill this man for um you know beating us or i'm gonna kill this man like that influenced our magic that's how we're alive today and we need to maintain that spirit of questioning things because it's getting you know shit's getting more sophisticated They're, the the oppression is getting far more sophisticated and um we have to stay rooted and we have to um continuously question things um one thing i would like to see change about hoodoo is um, there's a line in the intro of the book where I said, I want people, I want my brothers and sisters in hoodoo to be fishers of men. And I want us to get to a place where if you were strapped and you had nothing, like you had no access to your altar, you had no access to your favorite, oils, your favorite candles, your favorite roots, your favorite, whatever the case is, that within you, your perspective and your viewpoints would be able, and the spirits that walk with you, you would be able to craft anything out, like, damn near to the point where your hoodoo could just be of your body. You don't need a damn thing. Like, you don't need the things that you currently have because you are the thing, and you fully recognize that. Like, the that your viewpoint is now not dependent on the tools, but it's remembering that you already have it in you. Um, and even though I am a business owner and I sell products, I said this at the beginning, and I probably need to say it more. Um, people don't need like bold, italicized, underlined. They don't need my products. They can help, but the ultimate goal is that you're supposed to see yourself and remember that you can make all this shit happen. It's just the world gets loud and confusing and says, you know, sends all this shit our way to like disrupt those messages. But uh, that's the goal. I love it. I think definitely um, we need a hoodoo yoga. <laughs> all right. Shit. I do, I do, I like that. I do think, um, yeah, hoodoo, it has to move beyond the whole marketeer phase. And yeah, I think that's important. Um, that's kind of why I like, I like learning about sigils. Um, I like learning about like astrology, all that kind of stuff. Cause, um, 
you know, that kind of stuff really helps you like hone in on the moment. Sometimes you don't even really need like all the tools. Although I like just buying different products because it's just fun to you, your Van Van oil is really good. I remember you getting that. Well, I, f- I feel like, yeah, your products are really cool, really good. Um, But it's just cool to, you know, it's just cool to use other people's stuff. But at the end of the day, it is really important um, to be able to practice your own spirituality without the materials. Um, It's kind of like with any spiritual tradition. Um, What would you say have been some of your biggest inspirations um in your hoodoo practice what or who mm. um i you definitely can name three a, well i definitely could have added more people to my work cited but i would say the oh yeah i love the work uh, side of this tight yeah and and after i was like well do I want to add everybody who's like, you know, pages and, and stuff that I've like, everything that I've gotten and I should have added more. Um, but my biggest influence has been my family. Um, my family and my community like my spiritual community, including you and a number of other practitioners, the conversations that we're able to have where we're able to hold space and connect the dots through things and question shit. And um, I, I want to say teachers, but you know, like I was telling you earlier, I've had an interesting journey with teachers. And, <laughs> you really have. Um, I really have. And in many ways, I've learned what not to do from teachers, which is cool. Um, but community has helped me fill in the gaps and be like, oh, yeah, like <laughs> that's an archetype within the community to have a bad teacher and then realize, oh, that was not a good experience. Like, I don't need to um, uphold this person just because they were a teacher. Um, but yeah, I'd say those three things. My family, community and teachers yes i love it um i keep saying that i love it i love everything um (laughs) so then where can people purchase the book and what in what formats yeah okay so the ebook is available on www.thehoodoohandbook.com right now the paperback is available on amazon.com and um, it will soon be available on many other websites. Um, like I believe Ingram Spark, uh, Barnes and Noble and a couple of other websites. Um, and there's another version coming out soon. So I will have a hardback what? version that's going to have about 500 plus pages um so one one draft version that i created and i was going this was like last month i was kind of like mad scientist crazy like every day my hair was you know sticking up and i was just like chewing the walls crazy like one version of this book had 500 plus pages and each of the chapters that like there you'll in in this version of the book you'll go through various chapters like the church chapter or the root work chapter or the water chapter. 
those entries are supposed to be repeated and they're supposed to be multiple entries in that book. So in one version, I had like seven, you know, entries of churches. So like you could repeat those prompts and document all the churches that are attributed to your family um, within the book instead of having to print out different pages from the website. And um, the reason why I slimmed it down to the 250 version is because my family, like my family, everyone in my family is like, oh, that's, that's, that's a, that's a big book. You might want to scale it back. And I was like, I don't, <laughs> I didn't comprehend how to do that. I was like, but this is supposed to be a big book. I don't. So I was like, all right, well, let me um, scale it back and make extra pages available for people to download and print. But many people have been asking, um, you're going to have a bigger version, right? Before I could even say, yeah, I think I'm going to. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to release a hardback version with 500 plus pages. Yes. So everyone needs to just buy all the versions. Yeah. And like, I guess the way things worked out, following like my family's advice, which this is a big ass book. This is a hefty hefty in terms of like content to your practice type of book so like the paperback book is good for I guess writing in pencil per se and like if you want to make mistakes and like uh maybe I want to change that later or take that out and then I'd say when I get the hardback cover ready like that's when you want to document things in pen and probably pass that down to family members like when you're ready to give um your children or your nieces and nephews or, you know, future descendants, like this is my hoodoo book that I want to pass on to you. Wow. I feel like a matte hardcover would be so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have you already done the designing and stuff for it? I have not. I I've been like, um, in recovery mode after, uh, announcing the book so i've just been like let me just take a minute and catch yeah, my take a break to take a minute to breathe mm -hmm. well i do yeah i feel like i'm yeah matt i'm just putting that out there <laughs> yeah i can see that oh <laughs> because uh, I, I love the colors just black and gold you know simple yeah black gold and white yeah, and yeah. i wanted to say one other thing um, yeah about the preface and I'm going to um, say this on social media soon. And I said it on my Instagram live, uh, but I know everybody didn't hear me say this. So the preface is an incantation. And what I've been suggesting people do is they sign their name there because the first lines of that preface are take this book and make it yours because ain't nobody giving cures, just hints and clues that you may use. Um, so once you receive the book, it's no longer mine, it's yours. And you should sign it or put a bodily fluid, your spit, tears, whatever, into that page on that book so that it is yours. Um, and that incantation is protective and prosperous, but um, it's yours. So, wow, I love it. And yeah. fuck up anyone that steals it. <laughs> mm hmm. Mm hmm. Wow, we doing some charm shit up in here. Black addiction, oh. addiction. Oh, always, always. <laughs> I'm gonna put out a book and not have some sort of um, 
protection in it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your book. Um, congratulations. I have to do some applause your <laughs> Giving you your flowers. <laughs> well, um, you definitely will have to come back on at some point. Um, tell us about how things are going with the development. I feel like it's going to do really well. And we, yeah, we're going to be spreading the word. Thank you. Thank you. I love you, Kian. Thank you for having me on. Yes, you know, I always yeah. be down to come back. Period. Okay, I'm going to stop recording. Woo! That was great. Thank you. I'm open for various services. Check out that link in the bio. Um, check out the book. Link is in um, the description, so show description. Go support. Um, let's go out here. I think this book is going to be very beneficial for just future generations as we we're entering. A new kind of dystopia and we all know hoodoo has always been there i mean is there i mean i'd rather be in this dystopia than going into the dystopia of chattel slavery but that's a whole other topic so it's time for us to get these ancestral connections we we are the past and also we are the future our ancestors are the past and the future y'all know in atrs in african um Drive spiritual traditions. Time is circular. So the future is the past. The past is the future. Future is past. Past, future. That's a word. All right. Love y'all. Peace.